Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 14. Shelley staggered forward as the world shifted around her. One minute she was cowering behind Filthy Henry, looking down at his exploding door and whatever had caused it. The next she was on the other side of the city, standing outside the closed gates of St. Stephen's Green Park, very confused and with a sudden urge to vomit. Nobody had seemed to notice her sudden appearance in the middle of the street, nor the trails of magical blue smoke coming off her. Not even the few fairy folk that were walking about paid any heed to her. Then again, teleporting around the place is probably the fairy version of public transport, although much more efficient. The people at Dublin Bus could make a lot of money if they ever developed a method of instantaneous transport, or at least a timetable that resembled reality. Shelley spun around on the spot and started running through the crowd, crossing the street at the pedestrian crossing with the red man, clearly informing her it was not safe to cross, and ran down Grafton Street. Right now Filthy Henry was under attack and the stubborn moron had decided to play the hero by sending her out of harm's way. Move! she shouted at the public in general, running as fast as she could. The sea of shoppers parted in a biblical fashion, primarily to avoid the wrath of Shelley as she raced along. As a plan, running was just advancing in reverse. Ground was gained in the exact direction you wanted. Just because said ground was in the opposite direction of your opponent meant nothing. It was all part of the plan. Filthy Henry was not a big fan of this plan at that minute. Despite being half fairy, his body was mostly human. The ageing thing was a result of the magic in his blood, as was the ability to actually perform spells. But his body was still, when all was said and done, a human body. One that had gone through some serious neglect and was so far from the peak of physical fitness that the mere act of sweating properly felt like a workout in itself. He was already gasping for air by the time he reached the second landing, which did not bode well at all. Being chased by a hungry stoker was like being a mouse getting chased by a cat on steroids with bionic legs. It was going to end well for one of the players, but with very little doubt as to which one. Right now the fairy detective was buying himself time. Not a lot of time, granted, but time. Time to come up with something that resembled a better plan than just running. There was no point hiding in the apartment. That whole invite-only aspect only applied to a fully turned stoker. A newborn was still in a state of flux, their body changing over a period of hours, which meant that they could enter anybody's home without an invitation until their body finally stabilised into its vampiric form. He ran up to the third floor of the building, the final level, and stopped at the top of the stairs. This was mainly a floor for junk and the haphazard filing system that Filthy Henry had used over the years. Stacks of boxes with old case notes, discarded phone books that had never been opened, a random assortment of objects that had at one stage been classed as clues in some case but were now just strange souvenirs. Nothing that could be classed as a weapon to take down a rampaging stoker that was a mere floor below. Oh, Henry! The stoker called from below in an almost singing tone. Why are you playing these games with me, Henry? Mr. Man said I could offer you a choice if you wanted. The choice to no doubt become a vampire, which was not appealing to Filthy Henry in the least. Becoming a full-fledged fairy was definitely high on his wish list, but not one that had to survive on blood. 
even though he liked stokers in general, aside from the one that was currently trying to kill him, changing into one was not something he had ever considered. He would rather be dead. Permanently dead. Although the manner in which Filthy Henry died was one he would like to choose for himself, preferably involving a great old age and many nubile young women tending to him. Panic started to set in. This was one of those no-win situations he liked to avoid. If he somehow managed to get out of it, the first thing Filthy Henry was going to do was stock this floor with enough holy water to drown the Vatican. Then, at the back of the landing, behind a crooked stack of boxes, the fairy detective saw what looked like salvation in a rectangular form. He reached out to the left, knocked over a couple of boxes so that it blocked the top of the stairs slightly, and ran down to see if Lady Luck had decided to give him one last dance. Behind the damp pile of boxes was a door, one that Filthy Henry had never used before and had completely forgotten about. But at that moment this door was his most favourite door in all the world. He pushed over the damp stack of boxes, their contents spilling all over the ground, and opened the door. It revealed another flight of stairs leading upwards to the rooftop exit. Well, somebody up there must like me, Filthy Henry said to himself, as he opened the door wide enough to fit through and ran up the stairs. Henry, have you knocked over your comic books? The stoker called out from behind. Filthy Henry did not look back, racing up the final flight of stairs and pushing open the rooftop exit. Cool night air hit him in the face like a thawing fish, as the fairy detective burst out onto the roof of the building. He slammed the door shut behind him and looked around quickly for something to wedge it closed. The improvisation part of his plan had lasted a lot longer than Filthy Henry would have liked it to. Usually he had a rough idea of what he was doing, planned with haphazard detail, but right now he was running blind. He knew he was running on borrowed time, as nobody had luck that lasted forever. Nobody was lucky enough to have luck that long. The rapid search of the rooftop for something to wedge the door was proving fruitless. No chairs or broomsticks just happened to be nearby, waiting to be propped beneath the door handle. It was almost like every movie Hollywood had ever produced, lied about useful objects being left in random locations during a chase scene. Before Filthy Henry could contemplate the dilemma further, the rooftop door burst open. The stoker stood in the doorway, smiling. Well, I've never had to work so hard for a meal before. Your man said you'd make me work for it, but nothing about it being this hard. I'm more used to eating from your local chip shop. Sure, a battered cod isn't going to run very fast. Wonder what you taste like. The stoker stepped out onto the rooftop. I am enjoying the game, though, he said, running his tongue along the bottom of his newly elongated fangs. I might play with you for a bit more before drinking. Who knew being a vampire was so... Well, awesome. Filthy Henry looked around with a rising sense of panic and saw no way out. Ah, screw it, the fairy detective said, and broke into a run heading towards the edge of the rooftop. The gap between Filthy Henry's building and the one next to it was no wider than a car, easily jumpable. All it would take was the correct amount of speed, a leap of faith at the right moment, and a lot of praying to whoever was listening above for a helping hand. A foolproof plan if ever there was one and the fairy detective was just enough of a fool to attempt it. As the edge of the rooftop came closer, Filthy Henry held his breath and jumped into the air, pushing away from the lip of the roof with his right foot, and hoped for the best. He drifted through the air, limbs akimbo in a useless effort at controlling his airborne movement, and did not look down. Looking down would have been taunting gravity, 
tempting it to get a little stronger and pull him to the ground. Time slowed down, creeping forward like an ice age with arthritis. The rooftop of the other building inched closer and closer, yet still seemed to be an insane distance away. Then, either by a slight change in the wind or the sadistic personality of fate, the fairy detective's trajectory started to dip a lot sooner than he had wanted it to. He reached out with both hands and managed to grab the edge of the other rooftop, his entire body crashing into the wall and knocking the wind out of him. Filthy Henry hung on for dear life. With a considerable amount of effort, he started to pull himself up and over the edge. There was a whoosh of air over his head, followed by the sound of something cracking as a heavy object landed. A hand gripped Filthy Henry by the wrists and hoisted him upwards. He dangled above the alleyway, a giant worm at the end of a super-strong hook. Did you really think that would work? The stoker said. In one fluid movement, the stoker spun around on the spot, bringing Filthy Henry along with him. He brought forward his arm and flung the fairy detective across the rooftop, like a ragdoll. Filthy Henry slammed into the chimney stack on the opposite side of the building, pain exploding along his spine. Are we going to finish this? The stoker said. The posh git said that you were some annoying guy who a lot of people wouldn't mind seeing dead. Posh git? Filthy Henry replied. Yeah, the guy that tore me into this awesome blood-sucking machine. The last thing you'll see before you die. There was only one stoker in Ireland that Filthy Henry would have referred to as a posh one. Was he uh, wearing a hat by any chance? One of those big ones like um, Mr Monopoly? The stoker's eyes narrowed as he prepared to jump. Who was Mr Monopoly? Posh Git was wearing some big ass hat. Be a good lad and stay still so I can eat you in silence. Apparently being turned into a vampire did nothing to increase a person's intelligence levels. Everything happened in a bit of a blur. The stoker jumped forwards, arms outstretched, mouth wide open, hunger burning in his eyes. He sailed through the air with the grace of a pouncing mountain lion, the streetlights below glistening on his fangs. Generally Filthy Henry preferred not to have to kill a fairy in order to resolve a situation, but that was an idealistic person's way of looking at things. Even a tree-hugging hippie would lend a hand to the mean, cold-hearted lumber corporation if the one-hundred-year-old spruce they had been chained to suddenly started trying to eat them, which was how Filthy Henry was able to justify his next action without feeling any guilt at all. The fairy detective raised up both his hands, pointing the palms at the stoker, and summoned up every ounce of magic he had left in his body. Doton! he roared, channeling the magic directly in front of him. Two jets of white-hot flame burst forth from Filthy Henry's hands, hitting the stoker directly in the face. The vampire was knocked out of the air and fell to the rooftop, clutching his head and rolling around in pain. Filthy Henry kept his hands aimed at the stoker and carefully stood up. Stepping forward, he kept the flames burning so they seared the flesh from the vampire's bones. The rooftop started to bubble as the tower was heated by the magical fire. As the last sparks of magic left the fairy detective's body, the fire died out, a final flame coming from his hands and drifting down to land on the charred remains of the stoker. Exhausted, Filthy Henry walked over to the remains of the stoker and brought his right foot down hard on the blackened skull. There was no coming back from having your skull crushed. That was one common weakness all creatures shared. Easy, he said to nobody in particular. Now to go to talk with St. Ochre about why he broke the rules. For a second he looked full of determination, but suddenly his eyes rolled up in his head and he collapsed. 
Shelley turned onto Middle Abbey Street, dodging a woman pushing a pram, and ran towards Filthy Henry's office. She caught sight of an explosion coming from the rooftop and stopped dead in her tracks. Henry, she said in little more than a whisper. She started running again and crossed the road, narrowly avoiding a car. She stopped at the recently destroyed front door of Filthy Henry's building. Inside was pitch black, the light from the street just about illuminating the hallway and stairs. From Filthy Henry's open office door, some more light lit the first landing, but the entire building was silent as a grave. No sounds of violence, screams of pain or pleas for mercy. Nothing at all. Either the stoker and the fairy detective were using some sort of street mime style of fighting, or only one of them was left alive. She sniffed the air and smelt nothing. Whatever had caused the fire seemingly had not burnt anything in the building. Henry! Shelley whispered. There was no reply. Edging through the doorway, Shelley started to creep up the stairs. She paused on the second floor. Nothing was broken. The glass pane was still in the office door. There was a distinct lack of desks or burn marks on the wall. Nowhere was there any sign of a struggle at all, not even a single drop of blood. Shelley could feel her heart pounding in her chest, trying its best to burst free from her ribcage and escape before something scary jumped out of the shadows. If it got any louder, the stoker would probably be able to hear the thumps. Henry! she hissed into the darkness. Still nobody answered. She had half expected the vampire to reply in a poor imitation of Filthy Henry's voice. Clenching her teeth so their chattering did not give her away, Shelley started to head towards the second flight of stairs. Still there was no sign of a struggle. It was beginning to look like the stoker had very carefully killed Filthy Henry, so as not to leave any sort of trace. From the looks of this floor, it was one that Filthy Henry lived on, but it was not a place he had decided to hide, it seemed. Shelley climbed up to the next floor. At the top of the stairs, boxes had been pushed over, blocking the way. It was the first indication that anything had happened in the building at all. Climbing over them, taking great care to make no noise, Shelley started looking around. She saw the rooftop staircase and made her way to it. In her entire life, a staircase had never seemed more threatening to Shelley. Moving with feet that weighed a ton, she climbed up towards the rooftop and stepped outside, onto an empty and deserted roof. It was getting ridiculous, she thought as she looked for anything on fire. Even something smouldering would have done at that moment. Anything at all to indicate that she was not losing her mind, and that a vampire had just tried to kill her and Filthy Henry. Which would have sounded a lot crazier if someone else had heard her thoughts at that moment. Whatever had caused the flames she saw from street level had clearly not happened here. Flicking on her fairy sight, Shelley started to walk around the rooftop, searching for anything at all that might help her find Filthy Henry. Trails of magic appeared in the air as her vision changed to see the fairy spectrum. It drifted on the wind like smoke, all coming from the same direction. She headed over to the edge of the building, towards where the magical smoke was coming from, and saw the charred remains of the stoker on the opposite rooftop. But no sign of the fairy detective. The door to the other rooftop was open, swinging back and forth on its hinges. A feeling of hope blossomed inside her. Maybe Filthy Henry had caused the fire, 
destroyed his attacker and then escaped. Would you get your arse down here already? I need help. Shelley leaned over the side of the rooftop and looked down to see Filthy Henry staring back up at her. He was sitting on the ground, back against the wall, arms limply hanging from his side. For all intents and purposes, he looked drunk. The magical light that usually shone from him was nowhere to be seen. Are you okay? she shouted down to him. Oh, I'm fine. Grand, in fact. Take your time. No rush. It's not like I'm in need of some real help or anything. Shelley was relieved that Filthy Henry was at least alive, which was no doubt some sort of miracle, depending on how you looked at it. With some miracles, you just had to look really hard. Filthy Henry, The Fairy Detective is a novel by Derek Power. Other Filthy Henry novels are currently available to buy on Amazon Kindle. This audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton.